Fiber is really good for you, right? And it's been proven to um, prevent cardiovascular disease, right? Well, I'm not so sure. So <clears throat> this came up in a discussion uh, recently on my uh, on the channel. I did a video on that discussion and um, have started to get deeper in terms of the science itself. So this is the second um, in that series. And um, let's take a look. So this was a, a quote landmark end quote article. I reported on that article again in the last video when I talked about the uh, discussion on the uh, on the page. One thing I forgot to mention was the affiliations of the um, of the research group, University of Kentucky VA Medical Center, actually in Lexington, Kentucky. That's uh, my hometown now, and um, proud to hear that. Chicago Center for Clinical Research, Oxner, New Orleans, a uh, couple of places sound pretty good. Um, but go on down. Uh, College of Physicians and Surgeons, Columbia, New York, Procter and Gamble Company in Cincinnati. Again, I forgot to mention that. As you start looking at the other researchers as well, Procter and Gamble, a lot of the same places. It looks like these um, these researchers had evidently followed each other or were in a team that was working in multiple sites, again, including Procter and Gamble. Now, <clears throat> that's a problem. But as I mentioned in the in that other video, the research was excellent. It was a randomized clinical trial. They put people on an American Heart Association diet. Now, again, that was current as of 2000, 20 years ago when it was done. And they were looking at uh, the science that was also current as of that time, the total cholesterol and LDL, bad cholesterol. It clearly did drop total and bad cholesterol. So um, I think we can say that, uh, I think that's good evidence, and I think there's plenty of other good evidence that fiber, and the fiber used in this one was psyllium fiber, um, psyllium husk probably does decrease total cholesterol and bad cholesterol. Here's my one of my concerns, though. The new science is not uh, is indicating, and I think fairly clearly so. Oops. Um, that LDL and uh, cholesterol is not a big deal in terms of heart attack and stroke. It is for some people, but those people are not that common. We may there may have been one, and probably wasn't any body with familial hypercholesterolemia in that study. There were a group of people that had uh, high cholesterol, but again, not that high, at least that I could see. Now, <clears throat> another thing I didn't cover was the money aspect of this. Like I said, I didn't mention that, the, that Procter & Gamble was involved somehow in that study, and I think we all have our suspicions on how. Um, there's a, there had already been a significant, um, back and forth and, uh, focus in terms of money and cereals. Uh, General Mills, 10 years before that, 1990, had dropped a, a, a cereal, a breakfast cereal that they, they had high fiber. They called it Benefit, and it had psyllium fiber in it. In fact, as you begin to look at this, uh, it was either Procter & Gamble or General Mills, um, the two big 
the two elephants in this market that are battling back and forth. I think it was Procter and Gamble actually um, petitioned the FDA to investigate uh, the cereal that uh, the other that General Mills was making, and I believe that may might have been Fiber One. And the point behind it was uh, because it had psyllium fiber, and again, it may not have been this one, but the two the two giants in the market are arguing back and forth. And one of them is claiming that the FDA needs to go after and investigate the cereal of the other uh, competitor. Why? Because it had psyllium. Again, so why? And the answer was, well, they said psyllium should be investigated as a drug. So I don't know where that, um, where that, uh, litigation if there was litigated i don't know where all that went that's not really my focus my focus is looking at the real uh, science and what it does say about um about dietary fiber and cardiovascular disease now <clears throat> uh you start going into google scholar and uh, this is one of the first ones that comes up another one uh, that comes up is a uh, lit a couple of uh, meta-analyses or lit reviews come up. What do I mean by meta-analyses? Um, meta means looking at a bunch of them and trying uh, to put them together. So a meta-analysis is a scientific thing. The Cochrane, C-O-C-H-R-A-N-E, group is now part of, the, um, of Wikipedia. And they are a global very respected and excellent uh, scientific community that specializes in how can we can we put studies together, the multiple studies in science together and investigate uh, whether they actually, um, what do they all have to say about the same components of science? So there's been several meta-analyses done about this specific topic. Uh, psyllium fiber, or other fiber, dietary fiber, and cardiovascular disease. Uh, as I mentioned, I found two of them quickly. I didn't, uh, I had not heard of either of those journals. One of the journals was a journal of nurse practitioners. The other one, this journal uh, in uh, El Serie, is the Journal of Chiropractic Medicine. And obviously, neither one of these are New England Journal. Um, I've done a video in the past on how to understand the uh, scientific impact and oomph of a journal. Obviously, again, these are neither one of these is uh, world leading. And as I started to look at this, I saw the title, Dietary Fiber, Prevention of Cardiovascular Disease. That was good. Then an umbrella review of, of meta-analyses. And I had never heard the term umbrella review. So I started to smell a rat in terms of uh, uh, true evidence-based techniques. But as I continued to read, they sounded pretty good. I decided to look up umbrella analyses, and sure enough, it is a term. It's not a term that I had heard of. If you go into, um, into the web and start looking for Cochrane umbrella analyses, some interesting things come up. This is one of those uh, scientific uh, presentations that the deck is often shared and put out that, there on the internet. Again, you have to approach it to, 
with your own skepticism to, si to decide, is this good science? As I reviewed this, uh, this deck, it did appear that it was good science. And they did t start talking about um, Cochrane overviews. And um, they did seem to know what they were talking about. They began to make me feel like, you know what, maybe there is a term umbrella review uh, within the overview category. Um, and I'm just going to cover a couple of their slides because, again, they do make sense. Why do we need overviews? A single Cochrane review will rarely address all of the potential interventions for a given condition, and decision makers may have difficulty finding and comparing all of the relevant Cochrane reviews. That is uh, actually absolutely true. But now, when do they go into the discussion of an umbrella review? Again, it's a term that I haven't seen before. Again, these people are know where to look. They know that uh, they know about Cochrane. They know what's going on there. And again, they do start looking at referencing and using the term umbrella review. So here's what I did. Again, for those of you who are not as uh, nerdly as me, pardon me if uh, this is going into a, an area that uh, you have no concern about. Most of the viewers of this channel, though, do have concerns about, about this specific issue, the scientific rigor behind the concepts and perceptions that we see uh, pushed on the internet. And sometimes it, uh, it becomes uh, one bunny trail follow, following off of another, following off of another. So to get back to the, to the overall, the question is, does, um, does fiber actually protect us, dietary fiber, does it protect us in terms of heart attack and stroke? Um, <clears throat> We've seen one study which may have been good, but it's 20 years old and the science has definitely changed. Now we start looking at other studies. There are clear studies. The, the one I just referenced was uh, published in 2017. Um, but it's talking about a term that I've not heard of, and, uh, with a, but it's still a very, very appropriate uh, scientifically rigorous group, the Cochrane Methods Group. So now I'm going into the Cochrane Methods group and starting to look at, do they actually use a term multi, um, umbrella study? So I looked up um, multiple interventions group under Cochrane Methods. Then I went into, uh, again, deeper uh, focus in that area, looking at multiple interventions within the Cochrane study group. I went into, they ha actually have a, um, oh, what do you call it? Ah, another senior moment, um, a glossary. Is it a glossary? Glossary of terms. Uh, anyway, I looked under their glossary of terms for um, umbrella. And I do not see, it, it's clearly not a, a sanctioned um, term for what they do. Uh, it's clearly not in their glossary, but again, I will say um, the article, uh, I don't thump them too hard. I don't thump this group too hard for using the term umbrella review. Um, and again, as I continue to look through the, through the article itself, 
it does appear to be fairly rigorous. Now, back to the article. After going through all of that bunny trail of uh, is an umbrella review actually a real thing? Again, I don't think it's a sanctioned term, but uh, review of multiple um, reviews is a is a clear uh, term and a, a use within um, the Cochrane group. Now let's go back and look at the study itself. They, they look for um, meta-analyses. Uh, an umbrella review of all published meta-analyses was performed uh, January 1980 to January 31, 2017. And here's the, the strategy they used. Fiber or glucan or psyllium or fructans and meta-analysis or systematic review. Only, only English language uh, publications uh, provided statistical analysis on cardiovascular disease, lipid concentrations, or blood pressure were reviewed or retrieved. Again, so even though they're looking just as of a year or two ago, they're still looking at lipid concentrations, blood pressure, but they are looking at cardiovascular disease. So even if we think that lipid concentrations may not be a big deal, um, with some exceptions, blood pressure and clearly cardiovascular disease are. So in terms of results, they looked at the, they found 31 meta-analyses. Um, and the uh, meta-analyses comparing highest versus lower, uh, lowest dietary fiber intake reported statistically significant reductions in the relative risk of cardiovascular disease mortality, coronary heart disease, and stroke. Now, what were the relative risk factors? 0.72 to 0.91, 0.76 to 0.93, and 0.83 to 0.93. So what does that mean? Well, again, just as a reminder, if that range crosses over one, then it's, you can interpret that as it might just be a random thing. It, none of them crossed over one. So there is clearly evidence here at least by this study, and it does appear to be a good study, and it does look at major chunks of the, uh, the science in this area. Can we, well, let's go to their conclusion, and then we'll get a little bit deeper. The conclusion is the review suggests individuals consuming highest amounts of dietary fiber uh, can significantly in, uh, reduce their incidence and mortality from cardiovascular disease. Um, it, then they go into their guesses on why, which I don't really care about that much. Um, <clears throat> and I'll give you the, the links on these things so you can look for yourself. Uh, intro, at least uh, in the United States, well, let's not, they're, again, they're going down that cholesterol path. Um, dietary fiber has been reported to be beneficial, believed uh, to be uh, something that may decrease uh, the cardiovascular epidemic. I don't really, I thought there was something good in this intro part, but um, maybe not. I will say this, I thought this might've covered that, but I've seen it somewhere else and I've seen it in multiple places and I do believe it's true. Um, the average, of, well, let me put it this way. The, they've looked at the recommendations in terms of dietary fiber and the actual, what uh, Americans actually do, and it's probably five to 15% of adults 
actually get the recommended amount of fiber. Um, another component, another component about that is you may say, like I used to think, well, I eat a lot of salads, so therefore I get a lot of fiber. Well, lettuce really doesn't have that much fiber. Uh, we can talk later about what actually does have fiber. Um, I currently uh, use a supplement, um, psyllium, which I've uh, mentioned before. Actually, I'll I, I use this. Uh, you, I get that on Amazon. I put it in um, tea every day and drink it, and it's nasty. Um, John had a couple of recommendations. Diet Doctor, he said, has a good article on. Um, on the low carb vegetables, the vegetables to use. And he uh, recommends this supplement, uh, the Yerba Prima daily fiber uh, component. Let's go back to this uh, meta-analysis, this um, quote umbrella analysis. I'm not gonna go into every one of these articles. Um, I will make a comment about how they identified them. Originally, they found 516 articles. Um, Articles that were excluded due to not being relevant, 472. Review articles, uh, seven, and editorials, five. So they dropped all of those. And they were left with potential meta-analyses of 32. And then one of them was excluded because it was not published in English. So they ended up out of 500 and something, only 31 meeting the criteria. Now, a lot of people could say, well, that's good or that's bad because they took out most of the science. I think that's good because they were very clear in their criteria that these had to be uh, statistically analyzed. They had to show their statistics. They had to uh, state that they were meta-analyses. They had to be meta-analyses, and they had to focus on this topic. So, again, I think it's a good thing. I'm also surprised that they found that many, 31. Um, I did want to go, I, I don't want to go through the data tables, but I did want to uh, reference a couple of other things real quick, um, if I can find them. And it basically has to do with a couple of the articles themselves. And I also wanted to mention this uh, diagram real quick. Now, <clears throat> this is a diagram for proposed mechanisms underlying the uh, observed association. Again, as I've discussed many times before, the uh, most common assumptions in the past have been um, reduced cholesterol and fatty acid absorption. I won't say that's not a mechanism. Um, I, I won't say that any of these are not mechanisms uh, and that reduced LDL cholesterol is not a mechanism. But as I've said before, I'm suspicious just because of what we now know about the relative importance of LDL. Now, <clears throat> here I think may actually be more of the issue, and that is reduced glucose absorption and decreased insulin secretion. Um, significant uh, fiber in the diet is seen as uh, decreasing um, slowing down. It, it decreases the glycemic index of food. So that very may very well may be an issue. Now, their mechanism is that reduces the blood pressure. No, it doesn't. It decreases the, um, the insulin response. It decreases the swings in glucose. And again, if you 
begin to remember that cardiovascular uh, inflammation is the num number one cause of uh, heart attack and stroke. And by far, the number one cause of cardiovascular inflammation is uh, swings in blood sugar and uh, insulin, then that begins to make sense. There's also another um, item that I would mention, and that is the gut biome. Uh, I've reported a few times on the, um, the change in gut biome. If you, uh, they've done several studies, which are very interesting. Um, I'll see if I can find those studies and put those in the, uh, in the comments below. Uh, studies where they actually took um, people that had significant insulin resistance or even diabetes. Um, they wiped out the gut biome of lab animals and did a, uh, a fecal transplant from, of the feces from people that had um, insulin resistance and diabetes. I know that sounds ooky, but hear, hear the rest of this. The animals then developed uh, insulin resistance. So there does, and, and this was a randomized clinical trial type of approach, so very, very good science. Uh, there does appear to be some gut biome issues here. And um, I don't think they mentioned that other than to say maybe the gut biome has something to do with cholesterol. I think it may be, there may be gut biome issues here, but maybe, uh, again, more an issue around insulin resistance. Uh, if you've made it this far, I am not, uh, I'm going to give you a break and uh, not go into further detail on these studies. There are a couple of studies that were mentioned here uh, that I thought were promising in terms of looking deeper at this issue. I will cover, I hope to cover those uh, in future videos on this topic. And again, if you've made it this far, thank you so much for your uh, interest. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit our website at prevmedhealth.com. To learn more, watch our videos on YouTube at Ford Brewer MD MPH. Thank you very much for your interest.